You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. Grand rising, everyone. Welcome to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. I want to welcome you once again to a wonderful Wednesday. Uh, I got an amazing guest in the building because Ms. Rokia Jones is with me from Black Mamas Collective. We're going to be talking all about Black Mamas Collective. There was also this breastfeeding week. I'm just going to be talking all about the work and I'm excited that she is here uh, and really going to be bringing to life uh, the story of what Black Mamas Collective is all about for all of us to learn from and also another way for us to tap in. But of course, y'all, it is the top of the show. So it's a great time to tag and share the stream right here. That's right. Participate. Thank you for your participation. Tag and share the stream with folks who you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on The Day with Trey. If you cannot watch our TV show, we still have you covered because you can listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Just search Converge Media Network in The Day with Trey. Y'all will find me on Google, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, whichever platform is your favorite. Go ahead and search for us and y'all will find us there. Well, I, you know, I got to get going because I'm telling you, I, if you can see here, I got my brother Elijah on my shirt today. Uh, shout out to all of those who were organizing with him in the Rainier Beach area. We just saw that show shooting that happened at Safeway. And I, I think back to us being in that Safeway parking lot celebrating Elijah's life. And there are so many different phenomenal folks who have stepped up to not only continue his legacy, but figure out a way to really ensure that the city always remembers what he brought to the city. And as we almost approach about five months since he was murdered, I just am excited to be able to share with you some of the ways that artists have come together when it when it comes time to an Elijah mural we got the vivid matter collective and so many amazing artists that have came together to really support uplift and continue his legacy but also showcase to the rest of the community who Elijah is through artworks check this out the ethereal vision is a vision of empowering our creatives empowering talent positive talent not having to alter who we are in order to fit this industry but really making this industry fit who we are today we are here at the blm mural on capitol hill um, we're pulling double duty today we have vivid matter collective out here repainting some of their letters as we do every year um, we decided to do something extra special this year and also hold the second act art activation honoring elijah lewis so there are a few artists who are here um, painting murals in his honor um, we have a children's station um, set up by Mama Janine Lewis, um, where there's art materials and paints and canvases for people to come and do their own art and, you know, just activate artistically and creatively um, today as we do every year. But we want us to make this one extra special um, and, and bring uh, Elijah's uh, memory into it as well. Black Lives Matter is still a movement. It's still a conversation that needs to be had. Um, and, you know, so us doing this mural, you know, in 2020 was definitely very important for us um, and repainting it every year just really gives us an opportunity to reflect and, and, and compare and contrast what our experiences have been, you know, 
um, every year. You know, losing Elijah sent a ripple effect through the entire city, but definitely through our community. You know, him being somebody that I knew, you know, and worked with very closely, um, you know, losing him in that way was incredibly tragic. I remember that day, you know, that I got that call, that I got that news. Um, you know, we all gathered together at Black Dot and just held space for one another. And I knew in that moment that I was going to have I was going to do something like this um, to, to, to speak to his life and speak to his name. Um, Mama Janine and I began having conversations shortly after his memorial. I'm um, trying to figure out different types of ways that we could we could come together and activate artistically. And we settled on, you know, using the backdrop of the BLM mural as a space to hold space for Elijah and for his family and for his memory. So I'm here, you know, to represent for the homie uh, Elijah L. Lewis, uh, who was a young giant, a young activist that unfortunately we lost this past April. Uh, we just out here doing portraits and uh, just everything that represents him and his essence and try to immortalize his image, you know. Uh, we paint portraits of our uh, historians and scholars from back in the days that immortalize his image. So this is the modern day scholar, you know, and revolutionary, you know, that we have today here in Seattle. So we're here to immortalize his image, you know. This piece here is dedicated to the young man, Elijah Lewis. At the request of his family, um, we came together to do something for him. I never got to meet the man but it sounds like he was very impactful in the community. And that's something I can get behind. Once upon a time, right, it was around Christmas time, we were doing a nice art market at uh, Langston Hughes. And uh, yeah, I was doing characters, making Christmas cards. And I decided to draw people just for fun for the holidays. And Elijah came over to my table and uh, he said, I should just give you this Tupac shirt because he was an entrepreneur. So he's like, I want to give you this. And I said, shoot, I'll draw you. So I'm going to draw you. And um, I drew him up real, real quick. And I handed it to him. And I wasn't very proud of my work, right? And, and, and he agreed. He was like, nah, they don't look like me. Today I'm here to give back that picture that I promised him. You know, and I promised him it was going to look a lot better. And uh, so, yeah, this is from my heart right here. He was a light, but more like a lightning bolt. Like he's strong, like it's just unexplainable, the vision that he had. It's almost like he was in the future already. I think our biggest takeaway always with repainting the mural is just remind people, you know, remind people of 2020, remind people of what we went through just, you know, three short years ago. We're still losing people, you know, we're still having to go to funerals and, and, and plan memorials and things like that for folks. Um, so the conversation is definitely still, you know, active, it's still going. Um, and so I feel like opportunities like this, you know, year after year, um, it helps people remember why why we did what we did in 2020 and why we continue to do what we do and, and activate in the ways that we do. Oh, of course, uh, anytime we have the opportunity to uplift my brother, 
and such a brilliant mind and community. I'm so grateful to everyone who continues to keep his memory alive, to share who he was to you, to hear all of these amazing stories. It's always so touching for me. And honestly, I, uh, I, I, I just feel like we're in such a phenomenal community where we have these layers of connectivity and someone like Elijah, who was connected to so many people and impacted so many people through his 23 years of life, um, is just a great testament to what can be done when you are intentional in making connections uh, in your community. So I wanted to uplift him today. Uh, and honestly, it's always something that's at the heart of what I want to do and how I want to use this platform because there's so many that we've lost in our community that j were just getting going or had brilliance within them and for whatever reason we're unable to unlock it fully and you know we still have to learn to love one another y'all and embrace one another and I know that we're going to be continuing that kind of conversation with Miss Rokia Jones and Black Mamas Collective right after this short break. Y'all stay tuned. You don't want to miss this. You're watching The Day with Trey. I think my pieces of advice would be come in with humility, enjoy your passion, um, and be ready to work. Those are my three things. I think if you don't have, if you think your product is perfect and you may not need to adjust, you're going to, your product's going to die quickly because the world adjusts, people adjust. You need to always be thinking about your customer and what they want. So you may have an idea of what you like, but you got to move that to what the customer likes also. And two, um, just enjoy your job. I love what I do. It is hard. I love what I do. Uh, it's hard and there's you're fighting Mother Nature and you're fighting inflation and all these other things. Um, but I think it's made me a better human being. And thirdly, like, be ready to work. Don't be lazy. Like, just do the research. Get a mentor. Like. You know, that also goes with being humble, like find somebody who's done it and then work with them to help you be the best version of yourself. Big Tobacco thinks they know everything. They think they know you, your community, the places you go, the way that you spend your time. They think they got you all figured out down to a formula, a calculation based off of numbers of what they think they know. Show them they're wrong. Learn more at theythinktheyknowyou.org. I learned about the ANU program through many different community organizations. The program, um, they're very good at making sure that you meet the right people. My favorite part would have to be the community building um, and also the volunteer opportunities as well. I've been working on my physical health a lot more. I've been intentional about that and they're very big on that. I'm still learning how transformational it is um, because there's just so much opportunity. It's a great program and they will support you. Visit the link at the end of this video to learn more. Welcome back, everyone, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. Joining me right now is Miss Rokia Jones. Hi, Rokia. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my gosh. Really Thank excited. you for Grateful making time. Here. Look, you just <laughs> got back in town from yes. Nigeria. Yes, ma'am. Just overall, I mean, yes. how was that experience? Uh, I'm still processing. It was an overwhelmingly beautiful experience. I got a chance to travel with the Ile Ale 
a la Woye, um, and spent some time in Oksobo, which is in the Oshun state of Nigeria, and spent time learning from the midwives and other birth workers there in that region and just left spiritful. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I, I'm so excited that you got that opportunity and experience. And again, this is something that just touches my soul to know that we get to go all over the world, get these experiences, get more knowledge and bring it back to our community. That is so important. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, doulas, midwifery, all that is important to Black Mamas Collective. Let's talk about, you know, what Black Mamas Collective is all about. Yes. Thank you. So the Black Mamas Collective has really become the home to the efforts that's been happening in the community. I I called it the collective because there are many of us birth workers and community organizers, community health workers that are filling, just filling the gaps and creating projects and opportunities for our community. And I'm like, there's no reason why we shouldn't be working together. Um, So the Black Mamas Collective is absolutely um, intended to continue to uplift, expand and help build sustainability for um, birth work happening for the Black community, as well as um, supporting with workforce development so that we can continue to have the support that we need, that Black birthing families can always have their lactation consultant, their doula, access to a midwife if they choose, and, and that those birth workers are sustained and supported in this work. It's so necessary. I mean, so, you know, when I I first was thinking about, you know, this conversation, one of the things that really popped up for me was the idea is that we still are mistreated in Mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, medical institutions. Right. I mean, this idea of the strong black woman and, oh, you're okay, And, you know, doctors not listening to black mothers is still alive and well. And we need those advocates. Right. So much so that the CDC just came out with another report saying, oh, yeah, there is definitely maltreatment. It's like and it's not like it hasn't been acknowledged by the CDC in other ways. But the fact that there's this another new announcement is incredible. Right. Um, So uh, recently um, we just did uh, yesterday. Let me get my dates and times together. Yesterday, we just celebrated Black Breastfeeding Week. Um, And so for some folks who may know my work, I also put on a celebration for Black Maternal Health Week. Um, And and these uh, celebrations are intended to spread awareness, to create more opportunities for learning and information exchange. And also we have the opportunity to provide resources to families who are able to attend. Um, And so yesterday was incredible, but um, Black Breastfeeding Week isn't over. Um, As of today, it's still going, so we're celebrating. And actually, all of August is about um, the national breastfeeding awareness in general. So there's a week for our Native community, obviously a week for Black community. There's the international celebration. And so we're just all coming together during the month of August, Um, Black August. We get to talk about um, Black legacy and, and talk about Black breastfeeding. Oh, I love that because mm-hmm. honestly, it's been a part of our liberation. Oh, I mean, you know, people don't even really tie breastfeeding to liberation. I think <sighs> there's this history too when we think about, you know, the the black nannies who breastfed white babies. I mean, just there's so yeah. much to be said about not only the yeah. health benefits to your child, 
uh, into into new newborns and infants when it comes to breastfeeding. But there's something so liberating about that too. Oh man, I can go in. You know, there really is big money and big business in the industries, and I never thought I'd be that girl, but the white patriarchal capitalist <laughs> right industries that continue to benefit off of us being disconnected from our legacies and our birth practices. Um, you know, formula, while so there's a time and a place for supplementation, but formula was created by three white doctors who are looking for something to feed babies while moms were going to work in factories during World War II. Um, and so just that history alone, right, it's capitalism at its finest, putting moms to work for the war effort and um, moms were being separated from their babies and babies needed to be fed something. So wow. there's no real medical reason for the creation of formula. Wow. Right? Um, and us feeding our babies, like you said, has huge health benefits, including ovarian cancer prevention, breast cancer prevention, on top of all the antibiotics, probiotics, and the, just the number of nutrients, hundreds of nutrients that our breast milk carries for our children. It really is the best first food for our kiddos. Well, you know, they, they, they say, now I think we're learning more. You know, we have you know, access to information and there's a lot of amazing resources. Of course, there's some trash ones too. We know that, but there's uh, also a lot of amazing resources that are really showcasing health benefits, all the stuff that's in our embryonic fluid, all of these things. Like I know all of this is preaching to the choir for you, but it's, it's, it, I feel like as, as um, mothers specifically and as parents, we're just really hitting the tip of the iceberg with the understanding um, that I think our ancient ancestors understood from, from the beginning, it feels like, right? And it's Absolutely. just like we're still playing catch up. Yeah, I refer to it as the divine intelligence of the body. There is a divine intelligence. There is an innate um, connectivity and purpose for every aspect of our birthing. And, and our continuing to birth babies, right? We just talked about cancer prevention. It is absolutely wrapped up in our longevity. Mm -hmm. If we continue to birth our children and raise our children with dignity, we are promised longevity and we are promised health and wellness. Wow. There's, there's so many different scientific, I, I guess, research and, and data right now that just, it's not just a story you're telling. I mean, this is backed by science, but mm -hmm. also, uh, you know, when I think about, uh, birth workers. I love how you call it birth workers. When I had my sons, I actually wanted uh, additional support and didn't know how to go about it. I mean, how does, you know, uh, an expecting family go about really finding these kinds of supports that Black Mamas mm -hmm. Collective really is collecting in a sense? How do you connect? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. So um, you can absolutely go to the Black Mamas Collective page. It's Black Mamas on Instagram. And we are happy to be that bridge for families and, and connect and find resources. Most people find me on Facebook and they're like, if you're not available, then who? Uh, you know, I've had people reach out to me all the way in Yakima and say, we really, really want a doula. We know you don't serve Yakima, but where can we find people? And so this work 
work is absolutely community-based work. And we are all sharing this knowledge by word of mouth. There are, of course, great organizations in our community um, that are connecting families with doulas and connecting families with free birth support. Um, there's legislation happening for our state right now that's working on getting potential Medicaid reimbursement so that families on Medicaid will also just be able to access a doula, hospital programs offering doula support. So there are a lot of places where you can just ask the right person, scratch the surface, and, and you'll absolutely be connected to a network of folks. I love hearing that because yeah. these kinds of networks and stuff just didn't exist. It was still kind of like you had either had to have a lot of out-of-pocket costs to be able to afford it, or you had to kind of know the right people. And, you know, it was one of those things where I was just kind of with my last son learning more about the difference between like doula and midwife. And it, I always thought they were the same. Tell us a little bit more about some of those differences. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, you know, prior to this, and I think some people still uh, resonate with that sentiment that um, having access to a doula or a birth worker or some kind of or having access to midwifery care is something for privileged people. But actually, it's, it's what we've been doing since the beginning of time. As long as there have been a person birthing, there was somebody there to support them. And there was somebody who had dedicated their life to learning, being trained and continuing the traditions of birthing. And so that's really what's wrapped up in what midwifery care is. Midwifery care is absolutely innately a community-based model. Your midwife comes to your home. And so when we talk about the tradition of the granny midwives who were working predominantly in the South, right? This is work that comes from our ancestors being enslaved and, and needing to care for ourselves. Um, those midwives were coming to prepare your whole home Right. So when we talk about, oh, we got to wash the baby clothes and whatever. Right. Those midwives were coming to support that work. And they had apprentices with them who were training under them and learning. And so that tradition of the doula is really rooted in that work. So while your midwife is more like your medical provider, she's the one who's monitoring heart rate, heart tones, um, will do actual vaginal checks if necessary, which they're not, by the way, but if necessary, they would. Meanwhile, your doula is the person that's there more for emotional support, can support with education pieces and making big decisions around your birth and um, is there to kind of support with additional things around the home. Um, and so two different roles, um, but they're actually intended to work together um, and to be a continuation of, again, being a birth keeper, keeping those traditions alive. I just, I, I love this. And I love <laughs> that you got to come here, like after you just went to Nigeria and got to experience, you know, probably so much more history around being a doula, being a birth worker. Tell mm -hmm. us about some of those kind of top lessons that you're bringing back to this community. Oh man, you know, just to see how that community works, like community really working, working successfully, working efficiently. So um, I got a chance to study under a midwife, Iaponle, and she um, has a prescribed breakfast for the mamas that she serves. She has a prescribed herbal tonic that she makes with her own hands. So those mothers are coming in, they're getting breakfast, they're being fed, um, and they're getting herbal preparations, medicine made by her every day, 
Right. So initially they're getting that care off the bat and then maybe they come in, they get a little bit of prenatal care. Um, you're also getting spiritual guidance as a part of your prenatal care. And those were I, I was like, what? you know, like I'm in her home, in her home. And people come from miles, right? Even she was <laughs> joking with us because she was like, folks come from the big city, which is Lagos, in their fancy cars and come over here and act like they birthed at the hospital. But that's because people know what works, right? And there's faith and belief in those traditions and those practices. There's faith in her hands. There's faith in the community, right? That's being built and maintained there. Um, and, and she's having huge success. Uh, myself and, and a cohort of other birth workers were asking questions about the disparities they experience and the, some of the things that we see in the States. And she was like, we don't have that. And we were like, wait, but what, what, what? She was like, yeah, we don't have that. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you know, this, this for me is uh, one of those things where, uh, I, you know, people say you would, you would have another child. I'm like, yeah, I would have another, I would have more children, you know? Yeah. After 40, I would still, you know, it's all about being prepared. Uh, when you think about folks who, you know, maybe haven't had children or are looking to have children again and, and how you kind of aid and help them when they're a bit older. Um, I, mm -hmm. I've been seeing these photos of like water births and things like this, where I'm just mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, I'm so intrigued by it. Mm -hmm. What are some of the ways that you really guide, uh, you know, uh, a mother who, or, or someone who is looking to, to have a child who's a little bit older. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I imagine that the care is a little bit different. Yeah, you know, the care is a little bit different only because uh, our, med our Western medical system, our Western medical system is what's making the care feel different. And yes, obviously, um, over time, our the way that we would carry a pregnancy changes, right? from when you're fresh young 20, right? Yeah. Um, and your body's changing um, and you're getting older beyond 35. There are some more things that we are monitoring. Um, but I would say my first advice is don't stop at the first person. Keep asking, keep seeking support. Uh, the other thing that folks should know is that it's not that midwives are incapable of providing full, comprehensive and holistic care. It's that they're heavily regulated in this country. So don't feel as if you have to go to the top OBGYN to get care or that you have to keep pursuing full on Western medicine to get care. Um, that may be appropriate for some, but I would say check with different types of providers. Um, and that's the other thing that I think folks need to understand is what are your unique health care needs? And based on that assessment, do you want a natural childbirth or are you interested in within having a birth that will allow for medical interventions? Then from there, you choose what type of provider you want. And so most people don't know that you could have a midwife, you could have a family care doc, you could have an OB, right? And OBs, the difference is, is that OBs specialize in surgery. Yeah. And so, you know, who you look at it that way you look at the scope of the provider, then you understand what tools they'll be most interested in using. Yeah. 
And so you start to make your decisions that way um, and, and keep leaning on community. Of course, the fertility clinics are always an option, but even within that, there's a range of um, care and services available to you that don't mean you have to go straight to injecting yourself. There are a number of services that you can tap into. Um, and so, yeah, I would say it is an exploratory journey. It is not a closed door. Rokia, you're so phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's so necessary. And I, I'm already like, oh, yeah, see, if I go that route, you know, I know who to call. <laughs> of course, if people are looking to connect with Black Mamas Collective, if yeah. there are other birth workers out there who want to tap into this phenomenal community y'all are building, yeah. look right there. Let them know how they tap in. Yes. Thank you so much. So you can absolutely go to Black Mamas on Instagram. Um, I am still working to build out my website, but you can find me at rokiajones.com um, and you'll be able to find more information for Black Mamas Collective there. Um, and yeah, my, my phone number is pretty public. <laughs> um, you can absolutely tap in with me on socials and um, you can catch us in the community. Continue to follow our work, show up to our events. Um, we love to, to talk with folks, um, me and my co-collaborators. I'll say shout out to Christina Clark, um, who's been my the yin to my yang um, as we've been organizing in this work. And yeah, you know, the theme for this year for Black Breastfeeding Week was we outside. So catch us outside. We are happy to connect with community at any point. Wow. Rokia, thank you so much for being here, for thank sharing you. the work of Black Moms. It was Mamas my Collective. pleasure. Anytime you have an event, any updates, just let me know. We'll make sure we keep on, you know, spreading the word. Ah, thank you so much. It's truly, truly an honor. And I just, it was sitting on my heart. I feel really, really um, grateful. And it feels like a very special moment to be able to be here today on the day that you're also honoring Elijah. Yeah. And I don't know if very many folks know, but in Elijah's last moments, he was protecting his nephew. Yeah. He was protecting a child. And when I think about this work as a birth worker, that's really what we're doing. We're protecting our legacy. Um, and so I just, I just felt like a very special connection for me. Absolutely. I'm so glad that I was here with you in that moment. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my Thank you. Y'all, I'm telling you, wonderful Wednesday indeed. I'll wrap it all up right after this short break. Stay tuned. You're watching The Day with Trey. One in every 500 African-Americans in the U.S. suffers from sickle cell disease. One and three African-American blood donors is a match for patients with sickle cell. One, appointment to donate blood with the American Red Cross can help save a life. Will you be that one? Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood today to schedule an appointment at a location near you. The new COVID-19 updated booster provides the best protection available right now. So don't wait. Stay safe this summer and get your updated booster today. To find a free vaccine provider near you, go to kingcounty.gov forward slash vaccine. So the advice that I would give to anybody coming into really any space is always keeping an eye out for the people that are doing the thing that you want to do and seeking them out and just asking them for a cup of coffee, asking to meet and connect with them in some way, because more often than not, those are the people that want to help you and want to uplift you and figure out a way to provide you support. So even if they don't have the answer, they can help you find somebody, but also they're helping you 
write the first few chapters of your story. And I think that that is the most important thing. Like you don't know what you don't know coming into that space. And you have to be unafraid to ask those questions and really trust yourself and lean in hard. You know, you're gonna make mistakes. That's going to happen. It is inevitable. It is a part of life. But what matters is what you learn from that, what the takeaway is and how you push forward. Welcome back, everyone, to The Day with Trey. What a huge honor to be here with Rokia Jones from Black Mamas Collective. Make sure you tap in. If you know of someone who is looking for birth workers support, uh, please check them out. It's beautiful to hear that there is this organic way that they've been building this collective. You know, folks reaching out, word of mouth, you know, reaching out from way across the state, trying to find that support that they need when they're expecting. And and the funny thing is, is that you never know who you may need until you start reaching out. Sometimes there's these ideas that you have, but now we actually have a collective of amazing birth workers who are here to really support you in that journey. It was so beautiful to sit here and not only just, you know, celebrate and elevate my brother, Elijah Lewis, but to also hear about how we're entering in the next generation of brilliance with these amazing babies that are being birthed in our community. Uh, I am so grateful that I was not only inspired by Rokia today, but also I was impressed with not just the knowledge, but the level of dedication that it takes because it's not just about compassion. There's so much more involved in being a supportive person in that space as someone is bringing a child into the world. There's a complete journey that the family goes through. And yes, the dad goes through it too. Uh, but there's a whole journey that the family goes through when, uh, you know, the, the, oh, the mother is pregnant. And it's so beautiful to hear that, you know, Rokia's passion is not just passion. It's also education. It's also going back to the motherland and getting more knowledge to bring back here to the community. So of course, I want y'all to be inspired. Be inspired also by the brilliance that Elijah L. Lewis brought out to this community. I'm going to continue to say my brother's name and uplift him because I was so impacted by his life and what he poured into the community. So I encourage y'all Find the thing that you need to be standing on so that you can be beneficial to the rest of those around you. And we all become better for it. Thanks so much for watching y'all for me. Until tomorrow at 11 a.m. Peace. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.